pray together. <clears throat> our Father, we thank you for uh, being our maker and for ruling and, and sustaining the things that you have made. Uh, Lord, we uh, are thankful for these great truths that we can uh, rest in the fact that you have made us and uh, you've made us in your image and that you have entered into relationship with us as your creatures, as well as your children. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us yet again to uh, understand what you have done to, to make us and uh, all things. And, of course, the question of when. And uh, we pray for your help and understanding uh, in these things. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, we have uh, made our way through the different positions here that I believe are uh, in error in one way or another in regard to the question of the age of the earth and explanation of God's creation. And uh, we uh, come to the young earth, which in many ways I have been assuming and leading us toward all along. And uh, last time we uh, finished a few comments in regard to the question of uh, exegesis and the word for day. And then we started uh, looking at some of the basic ideas uh, given to us in the young earth position. And uh, uh, just to review those briefly, uh, first, this has been the predominant theory for centuries. Uh, if it's been different, it's those who believe that God did it all at once, not that he did it over long periods of time. Um, as you read Genesis 1 and 2, the, just the plain reading, the natural reading, sounds like a regular day. And as you do the study on the word day, as I've tried to do with you, um, I don't think we have any other option to understand day as a regular day. In addition to that, the scripture is very clear that sin is a result of man's sin. So how can animals die and so forth before Adam's sin? It just doesn't fit the teaching of the scripture. And then you have some other passages that support these ideas in one way or another. I don't think they're necessarily a place to start, but uh, uh, you, you certainly have <coughs> uh, passages in this way, most notably the fourth commandment there in Exodus 20. Um, also, in regard to the younger position, you sometimes have a variety of ideas, uh, the, the basic idea is the same. And so some people talk about a 24-hour day, some people talk about a solar day or a regular day because there is evidence that the rotation of the earth is slowing down, and so to account for that, they will use that terminology. Uh, there are also some within the young earth position that will say on days one, two, and three, we can't necessarily say that they are approximately 24 hours in length because the sun and the moon weren't created until the fourth day. So some will speak of uh, possibly a 30-hour day or 36-hour day or something to that effect, but... Uh, anyway, just there's, there is some variety within the young earth position in regard uh, to that idea. Um, what is uh, extremely important in this position, uh, apart from the exegesis and the theological implications, uh, is the flood. And flood it, it really explains all kinds of things that the scientists will raise in opposition to a young earth. And uh, we can say, well, the flood accounts for the fossil record. The flood accounts for the apparent um, 
uh, layering that took so you know millions of years, they say, but happened actually in a short period of time, and so on and so forth. Uh, it also explains things that an old Earth position can't explain, uh, according to their position. Um, <clears throat> according to the scriptures, the uh, Bible points to the flood at approximately 2500 B.C. Uh, some will say 2400, um, but around that time frame. And uh, 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 this then led to the uh, breaking of Pangaea, and now we have multiple continents. This led to the Ice Age, and of course the catastrophe that destroyed uh, most of the dinosaurs, though some uh, uh, still exist today. We call them uh, dragons now, um, or in certain ways. Uh, and uh, the, the dinosaur term, of course, has only been used for about, what, 150 years or something like that now, and, and, uh, and so on. But there are still Komodo dragons, you know, bones that still live today. Um, now, in regard to the dating of the creation, I'm sure all of us are familiar with Arch, Archbishop Usher's um, analysis of the genealogical record in the scriptures. And he came up with the date of 4004 B.C. In fact, he's even more precise than that, but I think uh, hard-pressed to say that. But anyway, uh, he came up with 4004 B.C., um, but that's assuming Jesus was born in zero. <laughs> and more evidence has shown that Jesus probably was, was born about 4, 5, 6, maybe even 7 B.C., so that pushes it back a few years. Um, but anyway, you, uh, about that time frame. Now, as we look at the genealogies in the scriptures, there are some genealogies that show gaps. In other words, you look at one, say, in Genesis, you look at another one, say, in Chronicles, and you say, well, wait a second, that person's mentioned here, but it's not mentioned there, and so on and so forth. You see it most notably in Matthew. In chapter 1, where there are uh, clearly some generations that Matthew leaves out in order to get to his multiple of seven that he's trying to communicate there. Um, so because of this, some people will say, well, and again, we're talking young earth here, uh, that, okay, it, was, it wasn't 6,000 years ago with gaps and accounting for some of this in the genealogical record. Uh, maybe the creation was closer to possibly even 10,000 years ago. Um, some will even go up as high as 25,000 years ago. I think that's a real stretch. Uh, but many people will say somewhere between six and 10,000 years ago is when God created Adam and Eve. What is interesting is though there are clear gaps in some of the genealogies, there are no gaps from Adam to Noah. Every time it's presented in the scriptures, it's always the same. There are no uh, generations skipped or added or anything like that as you look at uh, Genesis 5 and Luke 3 and, and other places. And so uh, if we can say there are gaps after the flood, uh, but none before the flood, then we can maybe be a bit more precise in our dating of things. And so maybe Usher wasn't too far off, in other words. And so sometimes you'll hear people talk about the gaps in the genealogy record, and so they come up with uh, older time frames. But uh, I don't 
think we can go too far uh, down that path, especially because from Adam to Noah there aren't any gaps uh, anywhere in the scriptures. So, anyway, just a few words here in regard to um, when a young earth position would date the creation. And again, the genealogies are, are very important in that way. All right, now, before I uh, look at how they respond to those three problems, are there any questions or comments here? said this before he came up, but some will go as far as 25,000 years ago. Very few are open to that idea, but, but some will go even that, that old. But yes, the predominant view is 6 to 10, somewhere in there. Any other comments or questions? Briefly again, the gap theory says, well, God created everything with uh, animals and the angels and so forth. They fell, so he judged. That's where he gets fossils. And then there's this intervening gap of time between Genesis 1, verse 1, and uh, verse 3. Verse 2 is somewhat of a description of this gap, they say. Uh, but then, after that, everything is very similar to a younger position and how we respond to this. Framework hypothesis says that uh, Genesis 1 is poetic in nature, so it's not speaking to an issue of time. And, uh, uh, and so day, this one here on the sun of day 4 corresponds with day 1 with light, and it's just poetic, and so they explain you know, these things away, basically. Then for the day age, of course, it accepts an old earth. Um, basically, we agree with the young earth in the sense of saying Genesis 1 is chronological and Genesis 2 is topical. But, of course, they would uh, say that days are uh, long, long periods of time. In regard to this, you remember that many of them will speak of the sun being created um, or formed or something like that uh, long before someone on the earth could tell what it was. And so the light actually came from the sun. It's not until the fourth day that the atmosphere burned off enough that you could see it. So that's how they would explain that. Now, in regard to the young earth, this one, of course, is the biggest problem <laughs> and in terms of how do you explain it. And um, uh, you'll hear a variety of answers to this question. How do we account for, um, I think we could say, um, uh, hundreds of thousands of scientists who believe in an old earth, even Christian scientists? Uh, and then, of course, you have millions and millions of people who believe in an old earth just because that's what they've been taught. Um, so how can you account for that many people being deceived or wrong? And it seems to be a bit arrogant on our part to say that that many people are, especially those who profess faith. And some of them very 
uh, committed in their faith? How can they be that deceived on this issue? And so, again, you can get a variety of answers uh, to this uh, question and problem. Let me address a few of them, and maybe uh, some you've heard as well. Um, Let me start with uh, the, the point I started with in regard to the old earth position, and that is the... Uh, the so-called book of scripture and book of nature are not going to contradict God authored both of them general revelation and special revelation are going to say the same thing in principle obviously the details are different but uh, they're going to communicate the same truth and since now notice how we're switching it around the old earth position says, since science has proven an old earth, then the scripture must say the same thing. Or as we'd say, wait a second, you look at the exegesis of the word day, it has to refer to a regular day, so science must say the same thing. And if it doesn't, you've done something wrong. Okay? Your assumptions are wrong, your testing is wrong, something's wrong somewhere. And of course, the ideas of gradualism and the dating methods especially carbon uh, dating and such, has actually been shown to be faulty. Um, uh, And even old earth people are beginning to admit that. But somewhere, the interpretation of God's creation has gone awry. Because a careful analysis of the scriptures and man's interpretation of scripture is showing clearly it has to be a young earth regular day. And so uh, this is a very important place for us to begin. And um, um, with that in mind then, how many times have you heard older people say the word for day can mean an indefinite period of time? And and so they've been um, given a partial truth in that way. It, It can mean that. But as I've tried to show you, it cannot mean that in Genesis 1. At least not in regard to day 1, day 2, day 3, and so forth. And so, um, hopefully, uh, showing them a more careful analysis of the word day and help them not be deceived in that way. And, and then, you know, you can readjust your presuppositions as you go into the lab. And into your excavation digs and so on and so forth. Um, One of the uh, key points that a young earth physician will say is your starting point makes all the difference. And of course your older earth people assume a starting point and then just say everything that a young earth physician would say is wrong. The young earth people are, are usually very insistent on saying what are your presuppositions? Where are you starting from? Because that's going to affect the same piece of information that two people may look at. And so we may look, you know, at this snow out here today, and an older uh, physician may interpret it in one way, and a young earth physician can interpret it a different way. Or an older earth physician will say, well, it's been like this for billions of years, the cycles of heat and cold and winter and summer and so forth, and yet the younger physician says, well, wait a second, it says in Genesis 8 that it began to do that. And prior to that, there's no indication that it did do that. And so, again, you, uh, you're, you can look at the same 
fact and come up with different conclusions if your presuppositions are different. And so, as I just said here, the old earth position says, I'm going to start with evidence of an old earth. Scripture needs to conform to that. Um, and we say, wait, Scripture says this. It's, it's clearly dem- demonstrated such, so then our science must conform to that. So, um, anyway, this is uh, you know, Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham. And, of course, uh, I know some of you went to the, uh, the thing the other night. Uh, at the college, uh, he he makes this point uh, repeatedly in his ministry. What are your presuppositions? And it's amazing to me he's not reformed <laughs> because he's very reformed in that way, <laughs> um, and uh, has a lot of good things to say in regard to uh, our starting point in our thinking. Um, <clears throat> all right, now. Uh, you often hear, and I've mentioned this before, the older people say that God must be deceptive. Because the earth looks old, right? And so if the earth looks old, but it really is not old, then God is deceiving us. Well, um, it is very clear from Genesis 1 that God created Adam and Eve as adults of some kind, now maybe they were 16 years old or something, but they weren't infants. So he created them mature, we would say. And so, uh, since he did that with Adam and Eve, and since the days are pointing to regular periods of time, regular days, and Eve ate the fruit and didn't have to wait months for it to that tree to bear fruit, and they needed food to eat right away, the assumption is the trees were made mature too. And so, how is that deceptive? It's just uh, our way of looking at it, that it appears such. I think it's actually, we could say the same thing the other way around. Isn't it deceptive to have Genesis 1 clearly point to a young earth, and yet the earth look old? I mean, we can turn the argument around. And um, I don't think there's any deception whatsoever. It's a matter of our perspective. And uh, how many people had looked at, maybe except for the last few years, looked at John Boga and thought that he was 80 years old? Okay, he's starting to look his age now. But for years, he didn't look like he was approaching 80. He looked like he was in his 60s. And then, of course, you have people the other way around who look much older than they actually are. So... Just because something looks old doesn't necessarily mean that it is. So, anyway, I, I don't think the argument holds up very much. But, yes, Haley? Well, it, it dismisses taking into effect account, into account the effects of sin. And those who have been through chemotherapy know very well how it changes how you look. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're an adult and you take it. You know, it can give you the appearance of someone who is much older than you, you truthfully are. Same thing with smoking. You know, I mean, traumatic things that we do to our bodies can, you can be in a car accident and can dramatically change your appearance. So it makes no sense if you believe in a flood to think that the flood did not dramatically change the appearance of our earth. I mean, that would have been a very traumatic 
event for the surface of the earth, you know, and even below the surface of the earth. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always think the same thing in regard to athletes. You know, professional athletes, they look older than they are. <laughs> yeah, you watch these basketball players or, you know, the Olympic athletes here now and you know, you, you look at them and you're like, wow, man, they look like they're, you know, say 35 and they're actually 23 or something to that effect. And uh, the demands they put on their bodies oftentimes make them look older than they actually are. And uh, uh, so anyway, appearances don't necessarily uh, suggest anything. Uh, but Aileen's point about sin corrupting things is very important. Um, a... A, a tree that potentially could have uh, been around for uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years if Adam and Eve didn't sin um, is probably not going to look nearly as old as a tree that's out here that may be 60 years old um, because of the effects of sin death and decay, the cycles of winter and summer and so on and so forth um, uh, we just finished reading through the Lord of the Rings with the children. And, of course, Sam plants his, uh, his little seed there, and the mallorn tree comes growing up where the old party tree used to be. And uh, uh, that tree uh, would have, um, you know, the implication in the text is that it's going to live much longer than the party tree ever would have. And uh, uh, these elvish trees, you know, obviously are going to look younger and last longer than a regular one. Um, so, obviously, that's made up. But the point still holds. You know, just because it looks old doesn't necessarily mean anything. All right. Um, <clears throat> we also uh, can make this point. The older position consistently errs in interpreting nature as old. Um, I know it's hard to imagine this, that they're this uh, consistently wrong. But uh, I, I think we must account for the fact that we so easily deceive ourselves. Or, maybe not even that point, we so easily fall into a certain way of thinking and then just don't challenge that way of thinking. And we don't, it, it's not necessarily intentionally um, trying to ignore certain truths. We just get used to thinking a certain way and we don't think outside of the box. And I think that's the case for many professing believers who believe in an old earth. They're just used to an old earth idea and haven't really been challenged to think differently. Uh, when I was challenged with it, it brought me up short. I'm like, my goodness, I need to really look into this. I didn't really think uh, much differently than an old earth idea in one way or So <clears throat> I guess we can say something along these lines. Don't be ashamed to talk about a young earth and show the evidence biblically and uh, evidentially for it. And uh, it may cause people to reevaluate in a way they had never done before. You can be nice about it, of course, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, stay up. I make an analogy the medieval church drifting further and further from the truth and but for a few exceptions...
individuals along the way, the church was drifting further and further from the truth, and so many people were going along, not etc. Then suddenly the Reformation and the Westminster Divines, like the Bereans, went back to the Word. Let's be extremely careful about this, and we're indebted to them. contrary to the idea of global warming are bad scientists. Even though maybe for 40 years they are exceptional scientists in their field, they're now bad because of that issue. I, I'm also reminded of, of even Israel. You know, how many centuries went by of people worshipping golden calves in the northern kingdom, and this became normal, accepted. People didn't necessarily think of it being wrong after a while. Uh, or post-Babylon and the teachings of Talmud and the Jewish tradition. Many people didn't think differently until Jesus came. They just assumed that was, that was right. Uh, for hundreds of years, that's even longer than people believe in evolution. 
Um, and of course, even the apostles themselves were expecting a different kind of Messiah than Jesus actually was. And so, I, 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 you know, you mentioned about the medieval church. We can go back to scripture as well. And and so, for those who say, how can he, how can so many people be deceived? Say, well, look at this. Look at the examples of scripture. Yes. And today, a large part of that is our public school system. Yeah. We grew up in the public schools, and uh, for decades, uh, we have been taught that we have heard this many years old, and we pick up encyclopedias and, and other books, and, and 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 it's just we've been indoctrinated for so long that it's. Well, if you go from the Scopes trials, <coughs> we're, what, 90 years removed from that now? And uh, same can be true for the, the ideas of, of government. You know, for going on 100 years, especially in the school systems, we've been taught that socialism is good. And it's no surprise that you have so many people thinking that Obama is this wonderful thing. Or <coughs> even Bush, for that matter. <laughs> you know. Uh, even though they're largely socialistic to varying degrees, of course. Uh, but yeah, uh, it doesn't take long to convince the people, especially when you have mass media and educational system that can do that. Along the same lines, a few years ago, I picked up the Communist Manifesto we were reading. I guess it didn't look off, but it makes the same point. And yeah, I was reading it, I was thinking, this doesn't seem that bad. And I realized, over the years, we have been indoctrinated to think that this is okay. Very gradually, like a frog in the pot that's turned up very gradually to a point where, you know, something that when I was a child, I was taught this was a bad thing. And now, it sounds like where we are today. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened with the, uh, with the uh, evolution many things about Nazi Germany that are happening today in our country, but we're not seeing it. Yes, maybe. One thing that I think is really neat, though, is God has a way of throwing out things like um, Mount St. Helens that just clearly undermine the old position. I just think it's a wondrous thing. As you, as you see those things happen, it's, it's like God settles the question, and even though not everyone's paying attention as they ought to be, it, it's there. And then if they choose to ignore it, then, you know, they're accountable for that. But it, it's definitely there. I think it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of things out there like that. Just the dating of the Grand Canyon is an example. You know, the bottom is younger than the top. Now, explain that. You know, just odd things that that God makes it pretty clear the evidence for Lord does not hold up very well. Yeah. But I do think we need to be fair. Um, there are things that that um, the young Earth position cannot necessarily answer. You know, when you look at the the evidence around us, um, 
it, it, there are certain things that don't necessarily nicely and neatly fit into a young earth position. But our response is not necessarily, well, the young earth position is wrong. It's just we can't explain it yet. And maybe 50 years from now, new evidence will be discovered or new theories will be posited or whatever that explain it. Um, uh, even among old earth people, they're talking about curved space to explain the the light coming from distant stars and it didn't even fit into their position for some of the light to reach us in, in a decent amount of time. So, um, uh, you know, we do this on a number of things. You know, we just say, well, I just don't understand it right now. And it doesn't necessarily undermine the position. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've heard people who Believers who believe in an old earth say, well, how do you explain this? Or how do you explain that? And, you know, some things, I don't know if we can explain at this point. Um, but, again, as Dale said a moment ago, our exegesis is our starting point. So, it can be explained. We just might not know how to do it yet. Um, similar to those passages in Scripture that appear to contradict. It may sound like John is teaching us that Jesus was crucified on a different day of the week than the Synoptic Gospels. But if you look at it more carefully, um, and as we've learned more um, historically about how things were done, we say, oh, well, this is how it fits together. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. But don't compromise your presuppositions when you're faced with a, uh, a question that you can't answer. Um, and so I I think, you know, uh, I've often heard people say, well, young earth people, they just squeeze everything into their mold and they do bad science to do that. And, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes they do manipulate the evidence so it fits their position. Um, and, and so we need to be careful uh, about, uh, about doing that and be willing to say, hey, we don't know. And... It's, it's not going to shake the foundation of, of uh, what the scripture teaches on these things. Alright. Any final comments or questions here today? Alright. Had a couple more uh, points two and three to cover here yet in regard to the young earth. Um, pick up with that next time. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for uh, this day that we can um, gather together as your people to uh, consider these ideas and truths. And uh, again, we pray that you would help us to think clearly and biblically about the age of the earth and uh, how uh, that affects uh, so many things, especially in the culture in which we live. And uh, we pray that you'd help us to, uh, to stand on, on your truth and not compromise. Lord, we pray as we come to worship today uh, corporately that you would strengthen us by your spirit as we partake of the means of grace. And uh, we pray that you would grow us in grace and advance your kingdom. We pray these things in Christ's name and for his glory.